everyone and welcome to today's episode of the podcast. I hope everyone has been having an amazing week and I am so excited for you all to listen to this episode. I am joined by Kayla Morin. She is a blogger, influencer, works at a startup and is in law school. I know it's a lot and she's killing it in life right now and the conversation gets super real, honest, candid, She even has a podcast called the Let's Get Candid podcast, which you should go check out. And she just brings so much brightness and energy into the conversation and is super honest about her story and everything that she's been through within law school, life, all of that. It gets real in this conversation and I know that everyone listening can learn a little something from it. I know I definitely did and I loved talking to her. So without further ado, let's get into the podcast. Hi, Kayla. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Me too. This is so exciting. Um, I guess just to start off and before we get into your background and what you do and everything, what is one quote that has really resonated with you and changed your perspective on things like life, jobs, etc.? There's actually a few, but they all Mm -hmm. kind of go together. So The first one is just that everything really does happen for a reason. Um, If it's something is meant for you, it like it it will happen when it's meant to happen. And you just have to trust that. And the other one is in Spanish, um, because I'm Hispanic, that, you know, if lo que que es para ti, nadie te lo quita. What's for you, no one's going to take that away from you. Like if it's meant to be, it will be. Like everything happens for reason. If it's meant to be, it will be like, those are the things I truly live my life by. And, you know, doesn't mean that I'm not going to put in the work. Doesn't mean that I'm not going to do my best and I'm not going to try, but just knowing that, you know, it, it, if it's meant to be, it'll be like, it just trust the process and just enjoy the moment. And that's something I'm really working on this year is just enjoying the moment and, you know, going with the flow a little bit better because I'm always so go, go, go. And I want all these things and I'm always working but just, you know, if it's meant to be, it'll be. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing. And especially nowadays, it's so hard to remember that because we're always trying to, I feel like to control everything in our lives, but yeah, I have a fear of losing control. Mm -hmm. I have the biggest fear of losing control and I'm not a big drinker because of that, but you just like, I have to know like Mm -hmm. my anxiety. I, I don't like we don't like uncertainty. That's a fact. Like no one likes yeah. uncertainty. And I'm a big risk taker, but like, I don't like not knowing what's going to happen or having ideas. So yeah. give me options. Yeah. And I like having my odds. And so like, not, you know, it's hard to like, let, let go and mm-hmm. trust the process. It's super hard, but especially like, you know, COVID taught us that life happens in the instant yeah. in a blink of an eye and we don't really know and we just got to roll with the punches. And I think honestly, it was a really good lesson for all of us to learn. And it's, it's definitely been, it's hard, but you know, just gotta, gotta go with the flow. I know. Yeah. That need for wanting to hold on control to things is so present. Like I, I, I don't know what you do like what tactics you do to kind of like let go of control of things but sometimes I just have to like force myself to just step back and be like okay I need to stop like trying to control everything in my life and I'm the same way as you too where um I I don't drink anymore like just because of that whole aspect of not 
of being out of control like when you do get drunk or something and like saying things or doing things that you might regret later and stuff but I totally I totally resonate with you on that yeah I still drink because I mm-hmm. enjoy the taste of alcohol I just yeah don't like <laughs> me and like when I I know my limits I've always yeah. been good about knowing my limits and I mm-hmm. I don't buy into peer pressure mm-hmm. it, you know people can be drunk around me I don't have to be that way I don't have to deal with it I'm gonna go um, I'll take care of you, like if I need to, but I don't trust that you'll take care of me. Yeah, and it's like a lot of that. But just with like losing control and like tactics, honestly, I vent about it. I like bitch about it. I don't know if I can go yeah. to here. <laughs> no, I fine. I bitch about it for like as long as I need to, and then usually someone, my best friend, will be like, "Fuck them!" Like who cares? Mm-hmm. It's not that. Yeah, not that big deal. Or like, I'll just get it out of my system. Like once I let it like talk about it enough, I'm like, all right, I'm over it. And like, that usually takes me a couple of times of doing that. But a lot, it's really just like, let me process it, work through it, bitch about it. And then I'll just be like, all right, like, that's it. Like time yeah. to cut it off. We're done. It's over. Can't do anything about it. Just let it go. Um, yeah. Honestly, I don't have a lot of tactics. It's something I'm really working on. Yeah, no, it's definitely, it's so hard to do, especially in the moment, but definitely bitching about it and like talking, talking it through with somebody is so huge because you just get that like weight off your shoulders. What is like your background and how did you get into blogging, influencing, law school, all that stuff? Tell us your story. Yeah, so they kind of all go together. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've always wanted to be a lawyer since I was little, I knew I wanted to be a lawyer. I remember growing up, you know, both my parents, corporate America, um, they were immigrants. I'm the first born in this country. And I just, you know, watching movies and talk, like hearing them talk about their jobs. And I was like, I want to be a lawyer. I want to be a lawyer at those companies at like a lifestyle company or a big company and work in-house and that's what I wanted. I, I didn't know what that really meant, but I, yeah. I saw a lawyer on TV. I, I'm very argumentative. I enjoy it. Always was told like you would make a good lawyer. You like to talk to people. You're very social. You would make a great lawyer. So I was like, okay, I'll be a lawyer. And I want to, I didn't know lawyers in the courtroom yet. I didn't know that. Um, but I knew like, I could, I, I could be a good lawyer. I'm going to be a lawyer. And I want to work at the companies my parents work at. So that's I since I was little, I always knew that. And then as I got older and into, you know, high school, started knowing learning what a lawyer was and what they actually do, you know, studied the constitution, studied history, studied court systems to some extent, like very small, but in high school we did talk about that. Yeah. And I was like, I don't really wanna do courtroom law. Like I don't wanna do litigation. Mm-hmm. I I wanna be a transactional lawyer. So my dad works in real estate. I was like, I want to do real estate law, like corporate law, real estate law. Like, that's what I want to do. So I said originally wanted to be an in-house attorney. Then I said corporate law. So I went into college with the mindset of I'm going to be a a poli-sci major, political science, and I'm going to go to law school. I'm going to be pre-law. I'm going to law school. And then very early on, I realized I I like political science. I'd probably make a great politician. Might work in behind the scenes, but I don't want to. I don't want to do political science. So I changed that to my minor and I took a major in legal studies. And in hindsight, I wish I would have done a lot more fun of a major because I could go to law school with anything. But again, my parents didn't know. I was the first one to truly go to college and 
do college in like the four-year degree, move away from home. Like my parents went to community college and worked their way up and they yeah. paid their way. I was the first one to really, you know, go to college the way Americans go to college. Yeah. And so they didn't know. And I, I was like, to be a lawyer, I have to study law, like free law. So I did a legal studies major and eh, whatever, easy major, got through it, graduated a semester early and very grateful for that because, um, and we might talk about this later, but there was a lot going on in my personal life and graduating early ended up being one of the best decisions I ever made yeah. for my personal life. And so I moved home for six months before law school. I hadn't applied to law school when I graduated from college. Um, I graduated December, 2018. I had taken the LSAT twice. Um, I had been hospitalized twice for panic attacks. This is the beginning of me realizing like I struggle with anxiety. I had known I struggled with depression mm-hmm. for since I was 12. So I'm 17 starting to figure out, or no, now I'm 20, starting to realize like I struggle with anxiety, um, graduated college. I applied to law school January 10th. I remember the day, January 10th, 2019. That's when I gra- uh, applied to law school. And, you know, I applied to like 18 law schools and I didn't have the best scores, but I was like, if it's not meant to be this cycle, I'll try again one more. Yeah. And if maybe then it's really not meant to be like, all right, law school wasn't for me, mm-hmm. but I wanted to be a lawyer and I was going to do what I could to be a lawyer within what I, you know, if, if it takes takes me more than two tries like it's not meant to be I'm just gonna find something else like I had a job at a law firm I was working as a paralegal I was basically doing everything that a lawyer does minus take depositions and go to court I but I actually got to go to court with one of the attorneys and see what motion calendar was like and I was like I definitely don't want to do this um but I still went to law school anyway so I got into law school in March April went to admitted students day Decided to go to a law school three states away simply because I didn't want to stay in Miami. I thought I didn't want to live in Miami. And I was like, I'm going to go to Tennessee because I can go to Nashville. I can go to Charlotte. I can go to D.C., Atlanta. Like, there's a lot more options if I go to school in a different state than if I stay in Miami. Yeah. I'm stuck in Miami. And I don't want to be here. Um, and while I was studying for the LSAT and applying to law school and all of these processes, I was sharing them on a blog because my dad in 2018 I had just turned 20 and my dad sent me a business insider article 30 things to do before you turn 30 and I was like dude I had just turned 20 like no hmm. like we're not going there yet like yeah slow roll <laughs> I am a November baby it was January I was like slow mm-hmm. your roll yeah and he's like, but you would be a real number two is to start a blog. And he was like, you should start a blog. Like you would be good at that. You like to talk to people. You like connecting with people. You like sharing with yeah. people. And it's a good way for you to like get your experience out. Like you have a lot mm. you could share. Yeah. And then I was like, why not? So 2018, I started a blog. It, I, I was really into it for like a month. And then I was like, mm, not really. So I yeah. put a pause on it. And then 2019, once I, summer 2019, when I started seeing this guy that ends up being really bad news, and I'm very grateful that I graduated early and that didn't happen. Yeah. That, that's a whole story. Um, <laughs> I started sharing my life again on the blog. I revamped it. I brought it back to life, changed it from Wix to WordPress. And I started sharing more than just travel guides and like what I did on study abroad. I started sharing 
you know, I'm, you know, taking the LSAT. How did I choose it? Like, how did I study for the LSAT? What the LSAT was really like, what it, what it's like going into graduation and, you know, how, like choosing the schools I'm going to apply to. How do I then, how did I choose a school? How did I pick where I was going to go? Um, and then I started sharing my, I started law school in 2019 and I started sharing what it was really like to be in law school. What was my yeah. real experience like? And I honestly don't have a lot of readers, even today. I don't, mm. but there are people who find it, who see it and are grateful that I shared it. Yeah. My classmates tell me every once in a while, people will discover it mm. and I don't hide it, but like yeah. people that I don't know will be like, are you? Kayla and I'm like yeah and they're like I read your blog like it really helped me pick a schooler and I ended up here I'm like that's really weird that's awesome that's cool um so that's kind of how the blogging thing became a thing so Mm -hmm. I because I started going to law like I started the process of going to law school I started sharing it because I was googling myself Mm -hmm. what do I wear to law school what is it really like what's it gonna look like yeah you know, we watch YouTube videos for how to do our makeup. Mm-hmm. I was doing the same thing, Googling, YouTubing, and the people that were talking about it, they didn't have a life outside of law school. Their whole lives were, their whole pages were about law school and they were, yeah. I'm sorry, but they didn't have a personality. And I was like, yeah. that's great. But like, I don't want to lose who I am just because I'm a law student. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. part of me than in law school and law school's only three years. Yeah what happens when I graduate? Yeah. Then I, my whole platform is built on law school. Yeah. That doesn't tell the world who I am. Mm -hmm. So I, I did it with the intention of I'm going to share my law school side, but then I'm also going to share other stuff too. And so that's kind of where like then Instagram, I had a personal Instagram account for a few years since it started. And I started seeing people be influencers and we didn't that in 2019 still didn't really mean anything it wasn't yeah. really 2019 still wasn't really a thing and so my Instagram was just personal but then I started sharing hey I posted a blog post or like I'm working on a blog post does anyone have any questions yeah. and like people in law school were like that's really cool and you should talk more about that so then I would do like ask me anything like Q and A's and I don't get a lot of responses even today yeah. but it was just people who started to show interest and I was like hey, I'm gonna talk about this on Instagram And I'm also really into fashion and beauty and makeup and Mm -hmm. all of that. Like I never lost that side of myself. Yeah. So I was like, I don't get to talk about that with people at school Mm -hmm. or in Tennessee in general, because everyone I know is law school people. Yeah. And it's not really the type of people that I'm actually friends with in real life. These are my law school friends. So I started making friends online with people Mm -hmm. that were into fashion, into beauty, and they were starting to share their content online and I was like I can do that too so I little by little started also sharing that and then fast forward two years two and a half years COVID happens get more into it I get on like to know it I start working with affiliate links I start slowly working with brands yeah and I guess I now I'm an influencer yeah I mean I think and we talk about more this later but I think if you want to be an influencer you have to you can't want to just be an influencer I think the Mm -hmm. people who have the influence it's because they're sharing their lives and they're living their lives and people just happen to want to be a part of it yeah and like you're building a community online I think it's more important to want to build a community online and like connect Mm -hmm. with people 
then be like selling you this I'm yeah. not selling you anything yeah I'm living my life I'm like if you want to get this like here's the link yeah you're just bringing um, people in which is awesome yeah yeah. I'm, I'm sharing you, I'm, I'm showing you, like, I'm bringing you along for the ride. I'm sharing my life with you because I yeah. genuinely crave connection. I mm-hmm. love it. I yeah. love talking to people. I love connecting with people. Mm-hmm. And then like the whole law school thing, I very early on realized in law school, I don't want this. Yeah. I actually kind of hate this. Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> I, this, this shit blows. Like, yeah. I hate it. No, that's like, that's like such a refreshing thing to hear because I feel like a a lot of times, especially with people are more of like the prestigious, you know, like law doctors, engineers, they're always like, oh my gosh, it's amazing. Like, I love everything. Everything comes so easy to me. When they tell you that high school was the best four years of their life, Mm -hmm. they're lying. They peaked in high school. When they tell you college was the best four years of their life, they also probably peaked in college. Yeah, I am a firm believer that I am nowhere near my peak yet, and I honestly no. hope I never yeah. get there. Yeah, I hope I never get there. I really yeah. do. And law school was the worst three years of my <laughs> life. I'll be completely honest with you. Yeah, it fucking sucks. Yeah, and it has been really hard. Mm-hmm. And you know, but I'm thankful for it and grateful for it. I wouldn't be yeah. where I'm at today had I not made that decision. Mm-hmm. Had I not made the decisions that got me here and throughout yeah. the, my time here. Yeah. So am I grateful for it? Yes. Was it the best three years of my life? Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. No, I'm so glad you say that, especially because I feel like this period in our lives, like in this age range, everybody's saying like, oh, these are the best years of your life. These are when you're going to make the best like decisions. This is where your life forms and all this stuff. And I'm in the same boat where it's like, I hope that this is not my peak because I, I just want things to get better and better each year. You know, I want to be 50 years old and still haven't peaked, you know? Yeah. I think if people always say like you sleep when you're dead mm-hmm. and it's like, you know, it's like you have, this is the time to live your life and do all these things. And like your life yeah. is going to get boring when you get married and have kids and have like bills to mm-hmm. pay. And it's like, you really kind of make it seem shitty to be an adult. Like why, yeah. why are we waiting? So why, why we want to grow up so fast and yeah. we finally get there and we're like, that's it. This is mm-hmm. all I have to look forward to. Thank you for making yeah. me you're pushing me to be a kid when I don't want to be a kid because I'm gross and I'm like, I have sticky fingers and like, I met, make mistakes and I'm messy mm-hmm. and all these things. And then you want us to teach us how to be a good adult. But then we get to finally be an adult. You're like, you should be a kid again. Like you should live like, you know, I don't know. I, I, it's stupid. Yeah. And, you know, I think we should live it up and do all these things and make mistakes mm-hmm. But the reason that they say those things is because we need to learn from them and we need yeah. to grow from them. And mm-hmm. we use those lessons and those mistakes and every bad story, every bad opportunity, every negative mm-hmm. thing that happens to you, you get to choose what you get out of it. You can be a victim yeah. or you can learn from it and you could use it to grow. And I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I may be like, I, I don't play the victim. I, mm-hmm. you know, there's some really dark times in my life that I, I could have. And I mm-hmm. might have for a little bit, but yeah. then I snapped out. You know, I was like, you know what? Like, no, I'm not going to let this define me. I'm not going to let you, mm-hmm. you know, put me down because of this. I'm going to use that to propel me forward. Yeah. So you grow from it. And that's why yeah. I say like, I'm grateful for it because everything led to here. But like, you know, it's not the best three, four years of your life. It's not the best time. And you're like, your twenties are super mismarketed. Your twenties are supposed to be messy. Yeah. You're supposed to make mistakes and you're supposed to, 
date the wrong guys and get hired and fired within a month because you're doing a terrible thing at your job or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like you're not supposed to know it all. And I hate they make you put like, you have to have, you have to know what you want to do with the rest of your life at 18 or 20 when you're, you know, a junior and like, all right, time to like start planning or if you're going to grad school or not, like law school, I'm I'm about to graduate in three and a half months. Mm -hmm. There's people in my class that still don't know what they want to do. And they're freaking out when I, and I tell them every time I'm like, who cares that you don't know what you want to do? Yeah. Even people who do know what they want to do in Mm -hmm. five years, maybe less now, they're probably going to leave their jobs and go somewhere else or even quit law because it was miserable and they hated yeah. it. Yeah. You get the luxury that you, you know, you don't know yet, which means that you get to be picky. You get mm-hmm. to be selective with what you want to do. You get yeah. to try a bunch of different things. You know, it's harder. It's it's definitely not traditional. It's definitely the harder rate, route, route to go. But like you get that luxury, which most people in, in the way the law school system works, it's not a luxury. It's like, ew, you're, beneath everybody else you're not good enough but I'm a big fan of saying fuck it and like doing what you makes you happy and you know using this time to really learn and grow and evolve because we only so long on earth and you know why spend it being miserable and doing what other people expect to do expect us to do just by say you know because of our career choices or where we grew up or mm-hmm. what our skin color is or whatever. Yeah. Like, no, I, you can't fit me in a box. Don't try to control my narrative. Yeah. I don't like to be controlled. And I don't like, I don't, I have a fear of control. And I also hate being controlled. So yeah, it's like a weird, exactly. yeah. don't put me in box. Yeah. I'm going to come and knock it down and I'm going to, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to prove you wrong. So yeah. Yeah. You made a really interesting point when you said that, like, honestly, the people who are coming to graduation and like don't have a solid plan or don't know exactly what they want to do kind of are like, they're almost at an advantage because they do have that freedom to and explore and, and aren't being put in that box by like getting a job right after. And if you want to be in that box, that's yeah. okay. Yeah. Someone has to. Yeah. Someone has to be those lawyers, those public mm-hmm. defenders, those prosecutors. Mm-hmm. Someone mm-hmm. has to do those things. Yeah that's and if that's you and you love it and you enjoy it that's mm-hmm. okay too but yeah. not everyone is like that and that's yeah. also okay mm-hmm. and you know yeah we I think we are in it are at an advantage because we get to explore the options mm-hmm. and we we're learning things that the people who've had a job predetermined mm-hmm. from the beginning or from very early on because they did really well in school mm-hmm. happy for yeah. That doesn't make us less than. That, yeah. that doesn't mean that we're not good enough. That doesn't mean that we don't deserve those things. It yeah. means that we have to work a little bit harder for it. But we learned a lot more, I think, sometimes than the people who mm-hmm. got it handed to them. Yeah. Or that they earned it. But because law school's graded on a curve. Mm-hmm. I don't think people that aren't in the legal field know that. It's yeah. graded on a curve. We're all graded against each other. Mm-hmm. Someone has to be at the bottom. Yeah. Your ability to pass a law school exam above a 3-1 or a Mm 3-2 does not mean that you're not going to be a good lawyer. You might just be the best damn lawyer, but law school isn't set up for everyone to succeed. Yeah, it's like the same thing with school, like the school system where it's like it doesn't adapt to all the different types of learning. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. 
So throughout like your time in law school, I guess what what were those like big moments where you had like real realizations of like big learning lessons in your life of, you know, guided you more through it? Yeah. So I was telling someone this morning, mm-hmm. I usually have like one big realization a week. Really? They're <laughs> <laughs> like a month. I have one yeah. mental, I call them MPDs. I have one big mental breakdown a month and like I usually like get something really big from that that I need yeah it's like a puzzle and I'm learning I'm putting the puzzle of I'm building like there's not a predetermined puzzle like you Mm -hmm. know it doesn't come from a box yeah I don't know what the puzzle is gonna be yet it's Mm -hmm. the life that I'm building for myself the career that I'm creating for myself because I'm creating Mm -hmm. my own career I'm gonna talk about that later I'm building my life Mm -hmm. I'm putting all the puzzle pieces together to build that life right now yeah and so the biggest realizations, so there's been a couple and, you know, going back to that bad relationship and graduating from law, from college early, um, that relationship was really toxic. I had been, I had dated a couple guys that were the best for me, but I had yeah. truly never experienced other than being cheated on and like that, mm-hmm. like on and off long long term long distance on and off he was cheating on me behind my back like that's toxic but like I didn't know that yeah like when you're when you're in the midst of it you can't see the toxic I I realized that later that that wasn't I mean I knew it wasn't healthy but like I didn't know any better I was 15 years old and I was an idiot um but I truly don't think that was toxic and him and I have talked now years later and like we Mm -hmm. we both apologize for making stupid dumb mistakes and yeah you know grateful for it it is what it is I had never really dated someone that was toxic until this person I was 20 years old and you know it got really really dark it Mm -hmm. it was emotional and mental abuse it wasn't physical thankfully I got out I think before it it could have gone there I think I got out in time which is why I say it was the best thing that ever happened to me it could have gone there it was definitely verbal there was stalking and harassment like it wasn't healthy and I'm a very strong-willed person, always have been, mm-hmm. and it nearly broke me. And I, mm-hmm. I hate saying those words because I don't want anyone to ever think that I was weak, but yeah. it just, he wore me down, mm-hmm. which is what those people want. Yeah. And, you know, I tried to get a restraining order. I tried to get him expelled. And then I was like, you know what? Why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. First of all, he's not worth it. It's not worth my time and energy. Second of all, I'm trying to graduate and get my ass to law school. Mm-hmm. I'm not wasting more time on this person, which is, those are kind of the same thing. Yeah. But the, but the main, main one was, I'm going to have to disclose this on my bar application. I don't want that on my record. Yeah. So I stopped. I stopped pursuing those avenues. I got the information. I, I learned what I needed to do. I talked to lawyers. I talked to counselors. I talked to people. Yeah. I got the fact and I was like you know what I see a bigger future for myself and I'm not gonna let some scumbag and there's other not not, not so nice words that I could use yeah. but we're gonna go with scumbag like I'm not gonna let him you know make a dent in my future he yeah. doesn't get that dent. yeah so I I say you know I graduated I mm-hmm. moved home the day of graduation I was mm-hmm. like I'm done yeah um that was a really unpopular decision. I lost a lot of friends by making that choice. Most people didn't, be- people didn't believe me. It took 
months for them to believe me. And some of them never did. And even if they did, they took his side, which is a other story. And I lost a lot of friends. And I, I was, you know, I, I graduated college and it should have been a really the happiest day of my life. And I, I wasn't happy. I was in a honestly not great place, but I was thankful that I get to move home and I get to start my life. Yeah. And nothing can happen the last three years mean anything. Yeah. So I used college as like, it was a transaction. I yeah. got my diploma. I did my time. I moved on. And then, but I never dealt with it. I put it in a box. I moved it back to Miami and I, I started living my life. And it wasn't until I started law school where I started dating one of my classmates. Mm-hmm. And very early on, it was like, nope, you have trauma. Like you have a lot of shit you got to unpack. Yeah. And he made it very clear to me that he cares about me. He wants the best for me, but he can't be with someone who has those issues. Yeah. But he wants me to get help. And he pushed me to get help. And he is one of my best friends. I would not be standing here today on this earth if he had not pushed me to go to therapy and he knows that and I tell him that pretty much all the time and you know I had a really dark panic attack on Halloween my one all year Halloween 2019 and he was like I love you I want the best for you but you need therapy like you seriously need help Mm -hmm. and that that was the turning point in my life I so my mom and I have always had a difficult relationship um we are very similar. So we, we butt heads a lot. We are both very, very strong women, very um, assertive and intense. And we know what we want. And yeah. We're not going to put up with it. She taught me all those things. So she yeah, made that's me. Awesome. <laughs> and I like to throw it in her face. I'm like, you know, you did this to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, my dad's like, I, I, I live with two four stroke engines. We're both always going and (laughs) sometimes we are in tandem and sometimes we are going against each other and it can be intense and that's putting it very mildly. But my mom and I have always had a contentious relationship. She's my mom. I will always be grateful for her. She has taught me a lot. I see myself turning into her more and more every day and that kind of scares me too. There's some great qualities (laughs) and some not great ones. Um, But, you know, my mom and I had never... I've, I've known I had depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. I, Hispanic culture, most minorities don't believe in mental health. Mm-hmm. They don't agree with it. They don't understand it. They don't think it needs to be treated. I struggled with that fight with my mom for very many years. And it came to a point where she finally, in October 2019, recognized like, yeah, you had all these issues and I yeah. should have done more. I could have done more. Mm-hmm. I did what was... I did what I thought I could. I thought yeah. I, I did what I knew to do mm-hmm. when you were 12 years old and they told you this. Yeah. And I'm sorry that it wasn't what you needed. Mm-hmm. And it was finally the first time my mom recognized that. And I was like, holy shit. Like, not only like, am I going to therapy now? And like, mm-hmm. but my mom gets it. Like, that was yeah. like the t- moment, October, November of my 1L year, my life completely changed. Yeah, I finally my mom understood me. I was like, yeah, I, like, I don't know who this woman is. Mm-hmm. I learned so much information that my mom had been told by therapists and doctors and teachers 
that she had never she knew all along yeah but every time she did try to get help she got shut down so she stopped trying and then that but was I like stopped to you that. from trying yeah yeah i didn't know any of that mm-hmm. and i lived my life for i don't know 10 years after that i was 20 mm-hmm. now yeah 21 years old almost mm-hmm. that's insane no i was 21 yeah. almost 22 so 10 years i I didn't, it, it was wild. And my mom and I had this massive breakthrough and every, a couple months, me and her keep having breakthroughs and our relationship is the best it's ever been. It's definitely not perfect. And I mean, no one's yeah. is, but I don't say my mom is my best friend. It's really hard for me to say that because she has mm. caused a lot of hurt in my life, but mm. you know, that's another story. She, she doesn't take accountability for all of her actions, but she's little by little starting to realize that like, she's, she's played a role. Her eyes but, are opening. Yeah her eyes are opening and that's mm-hmm. all I could have that's all I can ask for I mm-hmm. you know I'm working on forgiving her that's something I'm working on in therapy but that was the biggest the first one and then that set off a ripple yeah. effect like, yeah dominoes every mm-hmm. couple weeks something new something mm-hmm. new I eventually in therapy forgave well I, I never forgived him but the guy from college my therapist was like I want you to pretend that he's in this room right now mm-hmm. I'm not here you and yeah. him scream yell punch kick say whatever you need to say get it out like as if he was here right now and I was like that's weird I can't do that yeah and she was like I know it's crazy but I need you to just do it and I think I sat there for like five or ten minutes silently and she was like oh god like, what's mm-hmm. happening and I, I just remember I was like, I was as, okay, I am loud. I scream, I yell, I get very aggressive and I get very intense. But when I'm dead silent or very calm, like you're shit out of luck. Like now yeah. you, like now you really set me off. But like, yeah. there's nothing coming out. <laughs> and I was just sitting there like seething. And I was like, I, I will never forgive you, mm-hmm. but I wish you the best. And I never yeah. want to see you again. Mm-hmm. Like I don't hate you, I and I, but I will never forgive you. Yeah, and that's all. I said. Yeah, and it was like I finally closed. Like I had opened Pandora's box, and I finally was able to like. It was an empty box that I closed. Like I I I got it all out, and I was that's yeah. it. And like, I've had to deal with the repercussions of that situation several times since, mm-hmm. and it has affected me in a lot of different ways, which we can talk about. But that specific situation itself, like with him, like. I don't think about him anymore. Yeah. He's gone. He doesn't, he, he doesn't live in my brain anymore. And so like that came up and, you know, but during, so then COVID happened Yeah, and we go online and we don't really know what the world is coming to. And I go home for the summer and I, so backtracking a little bit, I didn't have good grades my first semester of law school makes sense to not have grades no October November were really traumatic I of course I'm not gonna do well in finals I have a lot going on in my head I'm not performing to my best abilities but guess what if you don't have good grades your first semester you're not gonna get on-campus interviews and if you don't get on on on-campus interviews you're not gonna get a job and that's like the the law school cycle that's how that's how it's meant to work that's how the system works Mm -hmm. and so I was like I'm not going to graduate I don't have good grades I'm not gonna get a job I'm spiraling and I'm in therapy and I'm spiraling and I'm dealing with this situation and my mom and I are having breakthroughs and it's like 
so overwhelming. And then COVID happens. And then we moved yeah. home and it was like, I, do I even want to be in law school anymore? Like, I, I hate this place. I hate mm. Tennessee. Not Tennessee. I hate Knoxville. Mm. I don't hate Knoxville. I hate what Knoxville has been for me. Yeah. Like, it's a great city. The experience so far. Yeah. My experience here has not been great. I, you know, I, all these things are happening and I'm just like, no one wants me here. I don't want to be here. Law school is not cut out. For, I'm not cut out for law school. Like no one would miss me. Everyone hates me. Yeah. I spot. And right before COVID, I think right before COVID happened or er, mm-hmm. the details get fuzzy. Cause like COVID, no, I don't really know what day it is anymore. Yeah. And I, I called my best friend, the same guy that told me, like, mm-hmm. I love you, but you need therapy. And he doesn't answer the phone. Like he's a texter. Mm-hmm. Don't call him. But he, he knows if I'm calling him between a certain period of time, he's like, oh, okay, shit. Yeah. Something. So he didn't wake up, but in the morning he saw it and he was like, we're going to brunch. We're talking. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I don't, like, I don't want to, don't think those things. Like, I don't want to even hear you say what you thought. Mm-hmm. No, we're not going there. We're not doing that. Yeah. You know, I want you here. You, you do deserve, deserve to be here. Yeah. And I was like, okay. So then I think we went home for the summer after that. I, I'm not exactly sure the details of that timeline. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, okay, I don't want to be in law school. I don't want to do traditional law school things. I don't have the grades to transfer to Miami. Yeah. I realized being home extra time from March to August, I was like, I actually do like Miami. Yeah. I miss this city. I, I miss the culture. Don't get me wrong, the culture shock from Florida to Tennessee. I was like, I Whoa. imagine it's pretty big, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I realized I need that in my life. And so I'm mm-hmm. like, I but I can't transfer, I don't have a grade. So I was like, I have yeah. to go back to school. We are hybrid, so we're half remote, half in person. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'll be in Miami as much as I possibly can. I'll go back to school, but I don't want to do traditional law. I yeah. went into law school, I'm gonna do corporate law, real estate law, and I I realized like, I don't really want that. Yeah. And my blog is picking up. I'm talking about my real life experiences. Mm-hmm. So that law school isn't great for me my first semester. I made a yeah. lot of mistakes. I did a blog post. Here's what I would do differently next semester. And then I started sharing like, you know, I just was sharing what it was really like to be in law school at that time. Like and the people, real experience and not sugarcoating yeah. it. Yeah. People were responding to it. People were asking questions. I was home now. So I was taking pictures of my outfits and sharing, yeah. you know, we started sharing like what our day-to-days look like on zoom and that kind of thing mm-hmm. and I was like I kind of like this social media thing I, I'm enjoying this connection it's I'm getting more connection during COVID on because yeah. of zoom and online than I got the whole time I was in Knoxville yeah I couldn't I didn't relate to the people that I was friend, friends with in law school yeah they didn't get I didn't get them we we liked different things mm-hmm. so I'm like I'm gonna lean into this so by the time I went back to school my two a year you know I was a influencer and I had made friends with people online. I was, I was getting to be happy. I was starting to become happy for, and all of this time I'm dating some other guy at school and that ends up going away by October. Yeah. And, but that whole relationship made me realize like, I have a lot of intimacy issues. I have a lot of trauma around sex and relationships and so that's something I want to start working on. So that was another big realization that I had. 
Yeah. And so not wanting to do traditional law, realizing I kind of like this influencing thing. And then I have a lot of problems with sex and relationships and intimacy and sex scares a living shit out of me. I used to use sex as a coping mechanism and I had a really bad experience with it. And I just, you know, I'm going to stop having sex. Let me just focus on myself. It scares me. I had yeah. all of that. All of these things are happening within the, the same yeah. year. That so takes 20, a lot 20, of self-awareness, though, for you to be yeah. like, okay, I'm just going to stop doing this because I know that it's not good for me and I'm going to yeah. gear towards it's something else. Idea work as, it. Yeah. It's like the same thing as people go becoming sober, choosing to become sober. Yeah. It was an addiction. Mm-hmm. You know, you can yeah. be addicted to stress. You can be addicted to sex. You can be addicted to a lot of things. It doesn't yeah. have to just be drunk and alcohol. And so I realized, like, yeah, this isn't good for me. So all of 2020 was a lot for a lot of people, for everybody, yeah. but it was yeah. a lot. There was a lot yeah. going on. A lot and was then, like being thrown at you in all different directions. Yeah. And I feel like it's just, that'd be so overwhelming. Yeah. So again, don't do that great in school again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so now it's 2021 and I'm back at school and I am in clinic. So I got into a clinic where I'm a student attorney and I have clients of my own and yeah. My professor, I don't know the mechanics of how I got in, if they really look at grades or if they just look at resume or how, but I got in and my professor took a chance on me, I guess. And he is my like number one. If I called him right now that I was in a car accident, he'd he'd stop what he's doing and get there. That's so awesome. Yeah. And, you know, he's, he's one of the people at my school that have truly been there for me through since once I met him, well, I met him early on, but once I really got to know him, yeah. 2021, he has been a champion for me for the last Good. year. Yeah. And, you know, he was like, what do like, these are the types of projects that we're going to be working on in clinic. What kind of, what do you want to do? What kind of law yeah. do you want to practice? And I was like, mm-hmm. I'm kind of into the social media thing. Like, I read contracts with brand deals for brand deals often. Yeah. I know how to read a contract because I've, I've gone to law school. Mm-hmm. I don't think other people know or maybe even look at them yeah. or know that they need a contract. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I think there's something in this. I can be yeah. a contract attorney for influencers. Yeah. And he was like, okay, let's work with that. Yeah. So he tried to find me clients that were related to social media, entertainment, contracts, and then intellectual property as well. So trademarks, copyrights, because those are the big issues that you're talking about in these contracts. Usage rights, who owns the content, that's IP. So I was like, okay. So I'm, what I want to do, everyone at school is like, ew, like what? Like, and my professor's like, no, but you have something here. Let's work with that. Because that's well, something like, that it's like bridging your two interests. So it's like, yeah, seems exactly. Like a perfect so, outlet. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, this could be something and someone believes in me. And mm-hmm. thank God for that. Honestly, yeah. so grateful for him. Mm-hmm. And so I have to write a paper in order to graduate. We all do. And so I was like, can I write my paper on this? And he was like, there's a lot of topics that within that that we could work with. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So all last year I was brainstorming this paper and I ended up finishing it this January and we're going to publish it this semester. Um, 
But yeah, so he really helped me out with that. And so we start finding, looking for ways to build my credibility, build my portfolio. I start, now that I know what I want to do, I want to bridge the two. There's a lot I can do with it, but I know that I want to do that. Yeah. Start telling people, lawyers, classmates, professors, and a lot of people are like, okay, whatever. Sure. Some people I meet are already kind of starting to do it or see the value in it. Yeah. So I start building connections and networks and people. And I'm like, so that's the other big realization. It's like, this can be something. Yeah. Okay. I'm onto something. Well, if and it feels then, right for you, then if, like, if it feels right yeah. in your gut and it, and you're just pulled to it, then of course it yeah. can be something. Yeah. Yeah. But just knowing that other people like saw it too, like that validation. Definitely you're getting helped. that validation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the other big realization, the last one that I'll say now, like the, but the other really big one was my roommate and I had a massive falling out <clears throat> and I realized that I was holding myself back to not make her feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And I was like, why am I doing that? Yeah. I don't like being put in a box. I don't like people putting me in one place and expecting me to do something. I don't want to feel like I can't be myself. I've done that a lot in my life, especially in law school. Yeah. I'm done. I refuse. I refuse to do that. And definitely not somewhere where I choose to live. Yeah. And I, I couldn't do it anymore. I, we were, it was just, we were living in the world war two trenches. We literally weren't speaking. Things were really, really bad. It was a very toxic friendship, which wasn't yeah. even a friendship. It was a very toxic roommate ship is really what it was. Yeah. And you know, I just, she called me names and she said that I made her feel inferior. And I'm like, look, you are not my boyfriend, my husband, my parents, my children. Just I don't, you're, none, you're no one in my life that your yeah. thoughts and feelings come into my decision-making. So yeah. if I'm making you feel that way, I am so sorry, but like, I don't care. Yeah. I don't think about you. Mm-hmm. And she didn't like that. And I was like, you are nothing to me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe very unpopular, but I realize I'm like, why am I? why am I holding back to make her feel better? Yeah. She has her shit. She has her own issues, but mm-hmm. why am I putting, I've come such a long way in the last year. Why am I continuing to make other people like, dim my light to make other people feel better? That's saying like, yeah. we shouldn't have to dim our light to make other people shine brighter. Yeah. No, we fucking shouldn't. Absolutely yeah. not. And I realized like, I thought I would, I didn't realize I was still doing that. And I realized that I was And you know, long story short, she moves out. I have a nervous breakdown and my nerves were shot from the last month and a half yeah. and it had been, it had been going on for the last few months, but the last that month and a half, truly like, yeah, I, I couldn't take it anymore. Mental, mental breakdown, nervous breakdown, like nerves are shot. I'm deadly ill. I think I have COVID. I don't, I get tested. It's just my nervous breakdown. I literally think now when people say like celebrities are going to rehab for exhaustion, like it's not that they're like they're literally yeah. like yeah. exhausted. You get it, yeah. <laughs> and I was putting so much on my plate. I was working mm-hmm. full time, part time. I was going to school full time. I'm involved on campus. I have my blog. I'm doing the social media thing, and I'm dealing with you too. Yeah. No, it's just too much. We're done. 
Yeah. I couldn't take it anymore. She moves out. I basically now have no roommate. It's the best. Um, but yeah, so that was the other big realization. I was like, why am I continuing to hold myself back for other people? And yeah. I kind of was another weeding out of friends. I lost a lot of friends in that period too, because there was a lot of people in my life that throughout the next few months that I realized I was doing that or that they didn't make me feel good. And it was like, they were very negative or if their name popped on my phone, I was like, Oh, I don't want to talk to her or him. I was like, why are they still in my life? Why are they still friends? Yeah. So there, that, that has been the last, that was the last few months of 2021 where I just started making my circle even smaller than it already was. I don't have a lot of friends. I have a lot of acquaintances. I talk to a lot of people, but true friends, like I, I don't, I don't have a lot. Yeah. And so that was the other big realization. And it just kind of has led me to where I'm at today, where it's just like, I am unapologetically myself. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a saying in Spanish, si me gusta bien y si no también. if you like me, great. If you don't, great. I always lived by that. But like, yeah, truly, like I am who I am online, mm-hmm. who I am in person, 100% who I am online, who I am in person, with the exception that I don't show everything. But like what you do see is 100% me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm just being myself and I'm sharing my life and experiences. And I'm showing you that, you know, there is not one way to go through law school and be successful. You know, that you can do it if you have mental health issues. You can do it if you are a minority. You do it if you're all of those things, because I'm doing it. Yeah. And, you know, so... Yeah, there just there was a lot of realizations and there's been more within that. I've realized a lot about what I want in a partner by dating, what I want in the people in my life by friendship breakups, who I want to be by discovering what my passions are and yeah. discovering what what fulfills me, what fuels me, what I want to do with my life. I have now discovered that. Yeah. And I wouldn't have discovered I wouldn't have learned all of those things had those realizations and the things that got me to those realizations had happened Mm -hmm. truly yeah yeah I really think like by hearing your story and by hearing all that I really think that like there's this one saying where it says struggle is the doorway to happiness and I really think that all those ups and downs that you face and like adversity um things not going as planned like those are all those were all key steps that you needed to go through no matter how painful to get to where you are and 100%. Yeah. 100%. If like, I would not be half the person I am today had mm-hmm. none of those things happened. Yeah. Or even let's say I hadn't gone to law school. I wouldn't be where I'm at today because there's a lot that happened. But law school, it was the worst time for it all to happen, but it was what triggered all of those things happening. If I hadn't come to law school and started seeing that guy who has now become one of my best friends, look at all the stuff that wouldn't have triggered. Yeah. All like of that healing, breakthrough to my mom, it was a domino effect. Yeah. And, you know, we can't skip, you know, there's no shortcuts in life. There's no free passes. There's no skipping around to the good parts. Like, this is the good part. Like, yeah. you're you're learning and you're growing and all of these lessons will allow you if you if you want them to because you have to want them to if you allow them to to help you they will make you the best damn version of yourself yeah. but if you don't want it that's okay too but then you can't be like sam i wish i had those things that she has because you're not doing the work yeah 
So throughout all that time, like what were the key things that you leaned on? I know you mentioned therapy, but like what other things did you lean on to help really get you through those really low points and challenging times? So that's the question that I don't have an answer to because I really just don't fucking know. Yeah. <laughs> I, my best you can just friend, go through it. Yeah. My best friend hates it, but I call myself a cockroach. Oh. Cockroaches don't die. Yeah. No matter how many people have tried to, you know, bring me down, hurt me, you know, defame me, harm me, like, you know, ruin my reputation, get me down, whatever it is, like, I'm, I'm still here. And there were a lot of times that I didn't want to be, yeah. but either within myself or someone around me that is choosing to be in my life, because I don't make it very easy to be here. Yeah. Virtually, intentionally, I don't want you here if you don't want to be here and I want you to work for it. Like, you don't, yeah. I'm not, I, I'm very generous. Yeah. You don't deserve a place in my life. Like, I don't want you here and I make it very easy. So I hold the door open for you. Please leave yeah. my life. Yeah. Please leave. <laughs> but also, I have a lot of shit that I've gone through. Yeah. And I have a lot of things I want to do and I'm, I'm doing a lot. I'm always yeah. doing a lot because I want that for myself because I deserve it because I can. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to hold the door open for people behind me to help them. So I have to yeah. do all these things. Yeah. But I choose to do them too. I get to. I get yeah. to do all these things. Yeah. But because of that, I am very resilient. Mm-hmm. And so no matter how many times, you know, mm-hmm. I, I didn't want to be here or like something was just really like, it was just too much. For some reason, I I, I chose to, to stay. And I, I say that because I have thought about it mm-hmm. trigger warning suicide ideation I thought about it yeah I never did anything I never put the steps in place to do it yeah. mm-hmm. thank god yeah I I have never self-harmed in the sense that of like cutting myself yeah. or burning myself or like that, those things you see in media or people talk about yeah which are very real yeah. My self-harm was sex. Mm-hmm. My self-harm was putting myself down and just, you know, staying in situations that I shouldn't have, knowing that yeah. they were bad for me. Yeah. Just kind of and being putting blind. myself in yeah. putting myself in bad situations, knowing that they were bad for me, but because I didn't think I deserved better. Do you think like when you would put yourself in those bad situations and you'd like do things like that, you were doing it kind of like in a self-sabotaging way or do you think it yeah, was 100%. just- 100%. Yeah. No, I was sabotaging. I was. Yeah. I, I was. And, you know, I'm a cockroach. I keep coming back. I'm still here. Yeah. I'm still here. <laughs> and I, I hate that analogy too, but it's the best one I've got. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I turned 23, so I write a birthday blog post every year, a birthday letter to myself. Yeah. And when I turned 23, I said that, you know, I I changed it from a cockroach to a um, centipede. And I was like, I'm going into my cocoon. Yeah. And I'm going to become a butterfly. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's a, that's also a really good analogy, but it doesn't fully encompass everything everything. that you are. It's still the best one. (laughs) But I'm kind of in that. I'm not, I'm not a really pretty butterfly right now. I'm not but I, I can be one day yeah and I'm just working and I'm going to keep going into my cocoon every couple months and I want to come out a better butterfly you know 
than the last time. Yeah. And I know that's not anatomically and like in life, that's how that works, but like, yeah, we're just going to go with it. Um, but yeah, no, everything that I've been through, like I, I would not be where I'm at today had I not gone through everything and like, you know, I, I'm grateful for it. I, I truly am grateful for it. And the beauty of it is that I get to share it with people yeah. and you know, if my story helps one person, then I knew it was worth it. Yeah. Cause I'm not doing this for me. Like, mm-hmm. you know, my, I realized through all of this that my purpose in life is helping others and being there for others because for some ungodly reason, I bring out people who want to share their stories. I guess I make it very easy for them to, yeah. because I, I don't know if it's like the energy that I give off because I, I, I try to be kind of intimidating because I don't want people in my space. I don't want people to bother me because I have enough shit You're going picky. on. I don't yeah. yeah. But I, I guess I come off very warm and inviting and like mm-hmm. people feel that they can talk to me and that, yeah. or just me sharing my story. They're like, Oh, I relate to that. You gave me the strength to do that for myself. Yeah. People tell me that. And a few people have told me that recently like it makes me cry like it it makes me really happy because it's like I'm helping someone it it wasn't just for me there was a reason there was a bigger reason why all of these things happen again everything happens for a reason whether it's Mm. it manifests in your life or in someone else's life yeah there's a reason why you're here the world is a better place with you in it. Like there's a reason why you're here, reason why I'm still here and I'm still doing yeah. all this. And like, it's helping people and it's helping me at the end of the day because I'm healing, having those conversations with people. And exactly. I'm yeah. growing at the same time that every time I talk about all of this, I'm processing it again and I'm healing from it and it doesn't yeah. hurt anymore. Yeah. I think there's like, it's a really, really powerful and there is such a powerful sense in being so vulnerable like you are by being so open and candid to share everything with people and I think people when they see that they really feel like a trusting atmosphere with you to be able to just yeah and don't get honest about their stuff yeah and like don't get me wrong like I'm a a tough cookie Mm -hmm. I you're not gonna just come to me and like expect that I'm I'm gonna listen don't get me wrong I will listen to you I will be there for you but then I'm going to give you action steps. Yeah. Like tough love. You don't have to take them. You don't mm-hmm. take them. Yeah. But I'm going to give them to you because no one has coddled me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That might be very apparent. I, I was not coddled. <laughs> as a child. Yeah. Yeah. I was, it's funny that this is happening. My mom just called me. Really? <laughs> <laughs> tough love is her middle name. Yeah. Tough love is also my middle name. Again, yeah. We're very similar. Mm. and you know I'll all I've ever wanted from her and I say this all the time in therapy I say this to her face so I want her to love me I want her to just be like what's wrong what happened today and just let me cry and give me a hug does she yeah. do that no no <laughs> why did you do that what what the hell are you thinking you knew like she just tells me all the things that are wrong with me and yeah. all the reasons why things happened the way they did I'm like this isn't mm. helpful and I hated it growing up yeah. I still hate it mm. I-, I will turn up I will hang up on her very bad we will hang up on each other when we're done listening to it yeah we'll call each other five times to keep talking though again we'll hang up it's like just let it go yeah um clearly this is not productive conversation but we'll keep going um 
it's like so if you come to me just know that like it, i'm gonna give you tough love but it's because i i see your potential i want you to get there yeah for yourself i want you to want to get there i want to yeah. help you get there yeah because if if i had just been coddled mm-hmm. i don't know if i would still be here no, if you, I think probably if you were just coddled, you probably would have given up such a long time ago. And you yeah, wouldn't have because I knew that enough. I was getting pity. I yeah. knew I was getting pity. And don't get me wrong, I growing up, all I wanted was someone to pity me. Mm-hmm. I wanted someone to hold me while I cried and tell me that yeah. everything was going to be okay. Yeah. Now, as a 24 year old, I'm grateful mm-hmm. that they didn't do it. Yeah. But I, yeah, I, I regularly, I'm, I'm such a needy i will i texted a bunch of people yesterday on snapchat i need a hug did i actually get a physical hug well yes because i after class one day well yes only because after class i went up to one of them i was like come on if you give me a hug and they're like yeah okay we did yeah i i asked for it but most of the time i say i need a hug i don't actually ever get one it's just on snapchat sent it to people and they're like how are you what's wrong and like i'll talk to a few people for a little while and then i go to sleep yeah. But just knowing, like, I'm a needy bitch. I want attention. Don't get me wrong. I want attention. I live alone. I want yeah. attention. I didn't get that. Yeah. But, you know, I'm glad I didn't get it growing up when I wanted yeah. it because I wouldn't have been this hard for it now. And I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't be where I'm at today for sure. You wouldn't have developed the resilience and the work ethic that you have. Now. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. No. So now, like, looking forward at your life and, like, where do you see yourself? I know this is, like, a broad question but in terms of like growth like where where do you want to be in the future so there's so many things mm-hmm. I mean just in my story alone there's so many different paths and avenues that mm-hmm. have you know I I don't like being put in a box but I check a lot of boxes yeah you know I'm a minority I'm a woman so I'm a person mm-hmm. of color yeah I'm a woman of color I'm a first generation immigrant or first-generation American. My parents are immigrants. I'm not an immigrant. I was born here. I'm a first-generation American. Spanish is my first language, so not a native English speaker. Um, I, I check a lot of boxes. Yeah. And so I, you know, first-generation law student, first one to go to law school. Yeah. Um, I'm an influencer. I, you know, there's a lot of different ways I could take my energy and direct my energy and yeah provide value and help people yeah because that's what I want to do ultimately everything that I do everything that I want to do is to help people and of course also again needy bitch I'm a greedy bitch I like nice things yeah I like fashion I like beauty I like nice things I love to travel yeah I want to experience the world yeah traveling you know feel like if it it gives me so much joy because I love culture I love yeah. connecting with people I love culture I love meeting with people I love trying new foods I'm a foodie mm-hmm. so I, I but I need money to do that so yeah. I want to help people but I also want to make a lot of money mm-hmm. so I could have nice things and also give back and continue helping people so again yeah. it all goes together but yeah. truly what's next for me is so I'm graduating law school I will be taking the bar in Florida I'm moving home and then I will be working as a lawyer in the influencer marketing social media space. I work at yeah. a tech startup as well. So I want to stay involved in that. Yeah. And, you know, eventually 
in the next few years, I am planning to buy my own house. Mm-hmm. That house is an investment property. It will be only house I live in for a few years. Eventually, I'll start yeah. renting it out. I want to build a real estate pro- pro- portfolio, have rental mm-hmm. uh, rental income as passive income. That yeah. money will, at first, fuel buying a few other properties. Yeah. And then that money will be my fun money. So the money I make from my job, first, it's going to go into the business to yeah. build the business. Yeah. And then I'm going to have all this extra money to give back to charity. And there's mental health charities. There's children's charities that I want to give back to yeah. um, veterans. My dad's a veteran. My dad's a Marine, um, a U.S. Marine. That's how he got his citizenship. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot I want to do. There's so much I want to do. I would love to travel the world. I would love to have children. Yeah. I want them to come along and travel so that's also expensive <laughs> I would love to own a few properties in different yeah. cities different countries you know there's a lot I want to do I have a lot of big goals a lot of big dreams and I want to continue to grow the podcast my yeah. podcast has truly changed my life for the better it's like therapy for me yeah and I'm getting to share my story and sharing other people's stories and giving them a platform yeah you know that it 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 fulfills a part of me that I didn't even know I needed to fulfill until I started yeah. it. And so, you know, even, I mean, I hope it makes me money, but even if that doesn't make me money, like that is something that I will continue to do forever. Yeah. Um, and just sharing my life online and sharing everything that I'm doing online. But again, I don't want it to be like braggy or like I'm doing this or I got this. It's like, look at everything I've been through and look at the life I have. Yeah. That I've and created. And kind of like giving people an outlet of like how to do it because I feel like there's so much uncertainty and like we see all all these people's success stories and we see like the end game or like the end goal that they finally reach but seeing the steps that it took to get there is so important too and it's so overlooked. One hundred percent. And don't get yeah. me wrong, like the, I've I've had some privileges along the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll tell you, I'm white passing. People don't think I'm Hispanic. People think I'm white. Yeah. So I open my mouth and they're like, you're not white. You're something, but I don't know what you are. <laughs> um, you know, I, I passed for white and I had that thrown in my face. And yeah. I was like, okay, and um, yeah, doesn't mean anything. I'm still yeah. not white. Doesn't matter what you think. <laughs> um, even though my parents are immigrants, they've built a really good life for themselves and they've given everything we needed not everything we wanted yeah. of those two but they've given yeah. us everything we needed yeah and I, I've had I, I had a very well-adjusted good upbringing yeah I, I would say you know that has helped me for sure you know I didn't have to pay for undergrad my parents paid for it that was their gift to me mm-hmm. law school's on me I, I'm yeah. on loans yeah I'm gonna have to pay that back um you know but I, I, I've had a lot of help along the way. I'm not going to say I yeah. didn't have it. But, you know, I want you to know, yeah, the, the full story. Know that if you've faced adversity, you can still be successful. Yeah. Because, yeah, there's a lot of successful businesses and founders and companies and influencers and all these people. And they they had help along the way. Yeah. But And... And I'm telling you, I did too. And I, but I'm showing you also. I'm I'm yeah. giving you the tools alongside the help, and I will be that help for you if yeah. 
you have someone else to give it to you because mm-hmm. that help does help you you need it yeah you can't you can't do everything alone you can do everything but you can't do everything at once and you can't you're gonna have to delegate at points yeah. and you know you can't just you can't take everything on yourself and you know so yeah you see the big beautiful success story I want I want it to be attainable for you and I want to I want to use my life as the roadmap and then also give you other points of view yeah. in my podcast that help you get there and build that life for yourself. Exactly. Because yeah. I think we, you know, society does a really good job of putting us in a box and like if you were born here with this background and whatever, this is the path for you. No. There's that's yeah. Do you want that path? That's great. But if you don't even yeah. better there's so many other options you, especially so many other yeah yeah and it's like I want you to know that those options are there and, and then get them mm-hmm. find a way to make it happen for yourself exactly yeah that's so valuable especially nowadays because there I feel like there's with people in our age range there's so much uncertainty but then there's also so much possibility with everything so to like have an outlet of somebody showing you yeah. like how you can get there and like how you can do things is really important so there's this test so I'm taking a class right now and we did a risk tolerance test. Hmm. And so the first thing is, what is risk? Risk is danger. It's fear, but it's also opportunity. Yeah. You can balance the two. Yeah. You have higher risk tolerance if you're more optimistic and you're opportunistic and you're more, you're lower tolerance if you're too afraid. And you kind of have to find the balance for yourself of where you yeah. fall. And I have a fairly high risk tolerance mm-hmm. um, because I'm willing to take risks because every time I've taken a risk, they've paid off. Or even if they didn't, I learned something from it, you know? Yeah. Which is a payoff in its own. Yeah. It, it's a payoff in itself. It's not, yeah. you know, it's not, only, it's not only a bad thing. I learned mm-hmm. something from it. It yeah. got me where it got me to the next step. So yeah, I think, there's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of scarcity, scarcity mindset. There's a lot of scary things in the world, you know, every day on the news, on social media, which is, by the way, don't read the news. Yeah. Um, like, why? Why are we putting that on ourselves? We have enough going on in our own head. Um, but, I mean, it's important to know what's going on, but we don't have to be sitting there, like, taking it all in because it's only hurting us. It's We're raising our it impact us. Yeah. Yeah, it's raising our cortisol levels, and we don't need that. Yeah. Um, but truly just look at the opportunities that you have in front of you. And there's not one opportunity that's better than the other. Yeah. You're going to learn something regardless. Yeah. But just weigh, weigh the options. Yeah. And yeah, I'm a firm believer in just, you know, take risks, you live and you learn. And, you know, if it's meant to be, it'll just, it'll be, Yeah. but with that, like, we have to just make sure that we're, we're listening to ourselves and we're taking care of ourselves along the way. And I, I, again, I wouldn't be here if I didn't eventually at some point along the way, choose to put myself first and stop caring so much about what other people think and about, you know, what people, the boxes people are trying to put me in. And I'm just, instead of worrying so much about them get like not putting me in that box, I'm just like, you know what, I'm going to break the box. Yeah. What are your, what are your tips to like help people, get into that mindset because I feel like way too often we can hear people say that and we can say like oh I'm gonna start doing it but then when a time actually comes where we can break ourselves out of that box it's like so hard 
not to, you know? Yeah. So what are your, what did you do to like really break out of it? Honestly, just going through it. Yeah. And one day you just wake up you're and you're stuck. like, yeah, yeah, really. And I can't pinpoint when that was. And it's been a series, mm -hmm. again, it was a series of things. Yeah. And you know, the, the TV, I don't think this was a kid show, but supposedly it was meant to be like the series of unfortunate events. I used to call my life a series of unfortunate events. <laughs> and now I'm like, it's a series of events that I'm grateful for. Yeah. Like, that's really what it is. And it's just like, you know, one day you wake up and you choose yourself. Yeah. And, and I mean, in a relationship, every day you choose your partner or you yeah. should be, and if you're not, then why are you still there? So it's like, you know, yeah, it's just one day you wake up and you're like, why am I, why am I doing this? Yeah. I think the, the biggest lesson from anything that I've said is really just like, know your why, why are you doing what you're doing? Yeah. What is that common line that threads through everything? Yeah. That's your why. There's a reason why, like, if, if everything you, that has happened, everything you've done has a, there's like, there's a reason. What are those reasons and look at what the common denominator is yeah and just like every day ask yourself like why are you doing it does it fit along with everything like, your actual why yeah if it doesn't can it help you does it serve you is there is there a bigger purpose what yeah. is the bigger picture what do you want for yourself what do you want out of life what is your bigger picture why are you doing everything yeah. and help that guide you and what once you know what that common denominator is it's really easy to be like okay i choose myself i want to do these things because yeah. why there's a you why. have a yeah why. it forms a strong foundation for literally everything else in your life absolutely yeah no that's awesome i love that i think i i don't know if you heard the i think it's simon cynic or something but a ted talk where he starts he talks about knowing your why and how apple the company they knew their why and that's why it, it set them apart from everything else so i think that it's so important to really understand that yeah. yeah so do you have any books podcasts other resources that you recommend to really help people or that that you love to listen to read anything yeah so I'm a big podcast girl. Mm -hmm. The Skinny Confidential. Yeah, I love them. <laughs> One of my favorites. Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of other ones that I listen to. Honestly, I, I jump around. Whatever the top the guest is or the topic, I'm like, oh, that sounds good. Within yeah. like the same view. Um, yeah. The Skinny Confidential is a big one. Yeah. The Dream Bigger podcast um the real real which is hosted by natalie barbu which is who i work with at rella yeah and um what else I'm trying to think um let me see what i love podcasts too i'm a podcast person for sure <laughs> yeah it's great because you can have it on in the background and you're you're mm -hmm. by osmosis while doing stuff yeah um Girls Building Empires, Marianna Hewitt's podcast. Um, honestly, the biggest resource I think is truly just yourself and like 
choosing yourself and putting in the work and yeah like I like I I don't I've gone to therapy I've done the work on my I've done I've gone to therapy I do all the self-care things yeah I listen to the podcast I do I don't read the books because I per I love reading but I want to read like fiction like don't yeah I'm not reading self-help book person yeah (laughs) um I want to read a romance novel and get lost I want to not live in my head for a second yeah um, when I'm reading but I think you know it comes from you these are all tools. I'm, we're giving you the tools. Yeah. But you have to choose to do them. Yeah. Use use them. Them. Yeah. So yeah, podcasts are great. Following people on, in, on social media, that make your life better, that inspire you, that make you feel good. Like aspiration can really quickly turn into wanting that. And then it's not super helpful anymore. Yeah. So be very careful with that. But like, you know, people who inspire you and, you know, follow those people. Those are resources. Yeah. Um, you know, choosing, I, but I really think just the biggest resource is really just choosing yourself. And yeah. podcasts really do help because they're giving you, their stories, there's people's stories and they're, they're giving you the tools to be able to do those. And it's, you know, they're not all going to work for you. Pick and choose. Try different yeah. ones and see what works for you. You know, everyone has nowadays morning routines. You know, my morning routine, there's a few things that stay consistent, but for the most part, you know, it evolves. It depends on my mood. It depends on the day. Yeah. But having, really some sort of, having some sort of routine does yeah. help. But, like, I, I, you know, I may not have the time every day or the energy, frankly, to get up and do all those things. Yeah. Giving myself grace is good too. That's part of my morning routine. Yeah. Um, you know, so, you know, pick and choose what, what you need, you know, look, listen to yourself. You're, you're your biggest resource. Yeah. Listen to yourself. And also like, this has been really long. So to end it, like, you know, also like be proud of yourself. Like something I've recently started doing and I talk about it sometimes is, you know, at night, I, when I remembered to, and I did it last night and I really try to be more conscious of it is when you're going to sleep, hug yourself straight up, literally hug yourself and say, I'm proud of you. I love you. And I'm proud of you. Yeah. And any other affirmations that you want, you know, you're going to graduate. You got through it. You got this. You're going to get that job. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. I'm proud of you. Yeah. Give yourself those little reminders. Yeah. Because all I ever wanted growing up was someone to do that for me. Mm-hmm. But I realized that I'm going to have to do it for myself too. And I think know, it's, like, it's like the mo- most powerful thing you can do when you realize that you do all that stuff for yourself. Yeah. You're your, you are your, your own worst critic, but you're also your, your best friend. You are the yeah. only thing you have in this world. Make sure you exactly. like that person. What makes you happy? Do what makes you happy. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This is such a great conversation. You have so much great insights into everything. And where can people find you on Instagram, your blog, your podcast? Yeah, it's funny. Everyone keeps saying that. And they ask me, like, how did you get here? I'm like, again, I, I don't know. I'm <laughs> glad I'm here. I'm glad I help you. Yeah. I don't know. But there's a reason why I'm still here. Um, 
and I guess it's to help people and it makes me happy to help people. So you can find me at Kayla Moran on Instagram and my podcast is the Let's Get Candid podcast. Um, you can find me on my blog, kaylamoranblog.com. And yeah, I work at Rella Social. So if you're an influencer and want to have all of your tools to manage your business all in one place, download Rella. And there's a lot of stuff coming in the works in the future. I really talk about networking and how to put yourself out there and how to find your why and all of those things. Like if that's something that you're interested in, like come chat with me, send me a DM. I'm always here for you, but really, yeah, just, you know, I'm a hot mess. You're going to see that. <laughs> you might've got that from this episode, but no, no. Like, yeah, this is real. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It is. And I, I love that. That's the name of your podcast too. Like I, I radiant is not a word I used to describe myself, but at least I'm real. And you know, when you're, when you're doing what you are meant to be doing, you are radiating that, that is exactly your, you are happy and fulfilled and that's what you're meant to be doing. So I guess, I guess I'm doing that. I guess the name yes, does. You definitely are. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely fitting for you for sure. Well, thank you so much for coming on.